good evening. It is the um, 7th of August. And we are nine weeks from the uh, opening night. Before I get on to the meat of this uh, podcast, which is a memorial to the uh, victims of Katyn in much the same way as I did last week, I want to share from this astonishing book, Alan Paul's record of the wide-ranging crimes that have become grouped together under the under the umbrella term of the Katyn uh, massacres. However, before we get on to that, I think it's worth recording in terms of the process of the production. You know how excited I am by the quality of the acting that 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 that, that I get to to um, experience. Not my own, obviously, but those of, of 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 people around me. The wonderful, wonderful generosity and leadership of of uh, Nick Lemessurier, who's taken on the producer job. And with Ginny Oliver has been working on all of the uh, prop procurement for the show in order to help it look and feel as right as it can be to period, to time, to class, to character. And they've been working their their, their socks off in the past uh, ten days or so to, to to get us close to where we we want to get. And this beautiful painting is 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 coming along that Kate Wiltshire's doing uh, for us um, that I've commissioned personally. I'm not. This isn't going to cost the production anything. I'll pay for it and use the painting in my at my home here. Um, the seventh character, is, as as I keep calling it, and its presence on the stage is very interesting because the painting sits on an easel, of course, in uh, three of the four scenes. And is in some ways the most um, uh, the most articulate character, and by that I don't mean to say anything about the acting or the writing, but the constant presence of this painting with and, and it develops across the story of the play. And becomes more nuanced and richer and complex and intriguing and significant in the lives of the people who have who experience it one way or another, which is what great art should do, I think. But the, because the character, because the painting is sitting on an easel that's roughly person height, it is becoming to me as I act with it more and more brooding, silent, still presence, and a reminder of why we're doing this. You know, to ultimately, it has to be about hope and resilience in the face of uh, state fascism. It has to be said that which was um, encultured by Stalin's horrible regime, which led, amongst many other, an unnameable, an innumerable um, degree of atrocity. This incident from this book that, uh, that Alan, Ball, uh, Alan Paul has brought, brought us, 
So he describes this, uh, these next three paragraphs, which do contain, I have to say, some rather unpleasant, um, unpleasantly accurate details of what took place, because they are records of, in some cases, participants. No doubt many of the men sensed the worst on the drive out from the train station. The last words written by Major Adam Solsky in the diary recovered from his body noted this. April 9th. Ever since dawn, it has been a peculiar day. Departure in lorries fitted with cells. Terrible. Taken to forest somewhere. Something like a summer resort. Very thorough search of our belongings. They took my watch, which showed time as 6.30. asked about my ring, which was taken. Ruble belt, penknife. And Major Solsky uh, wrote no more. There is a voice as close as it is possible to get from the graveside in the Katyn Forest, the summer resort that he refers to is the um, venues of some of the killings and some of them took place in the forest itself and others in a wide area across that part of Russia. And this next paragraph details one of those and the horribly clinical way in which the crimes were committed. Again, a trigger warning in case you don't want to, to listen to this, but I want to share it not to be gruesome, but to pay tribute and to further stoke the passion I have to repay my debt with this production in some small way. In a deposition provided in 1991, Dmitry Tokarev, head of the NKVD for the Kalinin administrative region, provided many details about how the victims were murdered. He knew firsthand how the men from Ostakov were shot. The chief executioner's gruesome attire included a leather apron, cap and elbow-length gloves. Once the daily quota had been shot, most often at night, the executioners retired to their quarters and drank vodka. The poles were all shot behind the head at close range with the German-made Volta, a light, smooth-firing 7.65mm weapon considered by many to be the world's finest police pistol. And of course, the use of the German um, munitions 
by the Russian executioners played into the hands of the uh, fake news purveyors in the Stalin regime who, when the bodies were discovered, because there were German armaments um, there, the um, Russians uh, used that to try and claim that it was in fact the Germans who'd done it. Cynical move on cynical move. And I think what I want to close with tonight, as well as paying tribute to my wonderful actors and superb stage crew, is to express a reverence for people such as my grandfather who were dealt with in this uh, horrible, cold, calculating, state-sanctioned fashion. And to very finish with, there is a line, sometimes when you write, I haven't written anything for a long time, not, 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 uh, not a full-length play at any rate, but sometimes, I don't know how it works, but sometimes you stumble across a way of saying something which seems to have a bit of resonance. And it's ever such an ordinary line, really, and uses that word. When uh, Anna, the Russian actress, is resisting the shocked Stefan who tries to lay the blame for the massacres at the feet of Anna and those who lived in Russia at the time, she says, looking at him directly in the eyes, We are just ordinary people. And I think I'll just leave it there. <laughs>